So Thursday, I called Joel, or I texted Joel and said, hey, is there any way we can have, um, uh, don't worry, be happy, uh, is there any way you can play that for us, or any way we can, so, so he did it, I was disappointed he had dreadlocks when he sang it, um, but, but I did that because I don't know, I mean, those of you that are old enough to remember when that song came out, if you were having a bad day, you would take the cassette tape, yes, I said cassette tape, and you would stick it in the car and you would play it. And just for a few minutes, all the worries would go away because Bobby McFerrin would sing that song and you'd sing and learn all the words and, and you think, well, it could be so much worse. But then a few hours later, all the problems are back again, right? It didn't, it didn't last long. And so we, today we're going to talk about worry. And, and, and we live in a, like I, like I prayed, a crazy mixed up world and a world that there's a lot we could choose to worry about. But I think if we're honest, when it comes to worry, we really worry about our stuff. You know, Kim Jong-un has nuclear weapons, and that's terrible, but doggone it, my foot hurts today. You know, and, and that's what's really bothering me. You know, there are people in Somalia who are struggling to survive, but I got to get my car fixed tomorrow. You know, and it's those things, and whether it's a, our, our bodies are sick or our relationships are struggling or, or whatever it is, it's, it's those things that, that are close to home. Those are the things that we really worry about. And, and we may have moments where we think about the big picture, the macro picture of all the horrible things that are taking place, and we are concerned about this, but, but it's really those individual things in our lives that just dominate our thinking when it comes to worry. So we, we've been talking about how would Jesus live my life if he were me? So again, we're not talking about what would Jesus do because that gives us, I think, an unfair picture uh, because Jesus was called to save the world and we aren't called to do that. You know, we're, we're called to be pastors or teachers or grandparents or spouses or whatever we are designed to do. That's what we're called to do. So how would Jesus do me? How would he do my life? How would he live my life through me? How, how would, what would that look like if he were raised the way I was raised, if he were in my family, if, what would that look like? And so we continue going through the Sermon on the Mount where he's telling us, this is what you can be like if you're my follower. This is who you can be. This is who you can become if you choose to follow me. And so in this passage then, uh, Jay talked about money and material possessions last week, and we move on then today to, to worry, all right? And those things are so closely associated um, but let's just turn to it and look at it. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. So he's just talked about treasures in heaven and, and uh, making, making the heavenly things the more important things. And then he brings it down to real life. He brings it down to, to very specific stuff for us. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, page 971, if you're using the Pew Bible. And he said this, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So all of you that are interested in the Greek, the idea there, what the word for add a single hour, that word is really cubit. And for that time, a cubit was the elbow to the end of your, long, your middle finger. That was a cubit. And so who can add one cubit? It wasn't talking about growing taller. It was about taking a step. It was a colloquialism. So who can add one more step to their life? Really was the idea uh, by worrying. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay, so to start this, we need to define worry, and and worry in, in a Greek mind was to think anxiously about something. To think anxiously about something. All right? Has anybody ever thought anxiously about something? Okay. So at 8.15 last night, I was thinking anxiously about a football game. Okay? How about them Cowboys? Somebody asked who won, so I just wanted to know. All right, in case you missed it. So, uh, but, but we have these, these things, anxiousness is, is this, this idea of what's going to happen, you know, and, and it just overwhelms us sometimes. And some people get anxious because they're not anxious, right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on that because I know there are some who do that. So, so Jesus is, is going through this, this idea, you don't have to be anxious. You don't have to worry. And so if Jesus were going to live my life, listen to this, if he were going to live my life, he would not worry. He would not worry. Well, that's easy to tell you. And I wish I could stand here and say, I never worry about anything in my life, but it would not be true. But Jesus says, you know what, you don't have to worry. So let's look at the last few verses here and and see He kind of sums it all up for us. So in in verses 31 and 32, he says this, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And what he says is, is is don't, don't be consumed with the basic needs of life. And really, it's more general than that. Don't be consumed with the temporary things. Don't be consumed with the temporary things. You know, it's hard for most of us to imagine what it would be like in this day and time to worry about where our next meal comes from. I know there are some who do, but most of us, it's like when we worry about food, it's worry about, well, should I really be eating all of this bluebell ice cream? Right? It's not about whether or not I'm going to have it. It's just how much of it I'm going to eat. But Jesus was really talking about provision. And he said, you know, look at the birds. They don't worry about food and they have plenty. Clothes, look at the grass of the field, they're beautiful flowers. And if God cares about those things, don't you think he cares about you more? Don't you think you're more valuable than they are? 
And he says, don't, don't focus on the temporary. And, and everything about our journey here in this life is temporary. Do you know that? That these bodies, believe it or not, they're going to quit one day. And they're temporary. And I think Jesus is giving this idea, you know, if you focus on the temporary, if you strive for the temporary, if you make that your priority, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be absolutely miserable. And what he says is, it's the pagans that run after that, that kind of thing. It's not the people that follow God. It's not the people that are connected to him. It's, it's people that are distant from him. And so he says, it is normal for you as my followers to not focus on this stuff. It is normal for you to not focus on these temporary things. Now, let me say something that Jesus is not saying. Some people hear this and say, well, that means I don't need to work. I don't need to plan. I don't need to have a strategy for my life. I don't need to be a good steward because I'll spend all my money and God will take care of it. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is you do what you can do. And when things aren't adding up, when the numbers don't make sense in the checkbook, I got it. Don't worry. Well, okay. It's just really hard to do. I remember in 2008, um, it was almost overnight. It wasn't overnight, but it sure seemed like overnight. Uh, we invest in retirement accounts so that our kids won't have to put us in a bad nursing home someday. And, and in one day, or really just one week, 66% of everything we saved was gone. It didn't happen to us. It happened to everybody. Anybody in the stock market, that's what happened. And, and you look at those numbers, and it was like two-thirds of my life gone. Just like that. It's like, what do you do with that? Well, you know, you fret and you worry and you think about it for a while, then you realize, well, there's really nothing I can do. It's gone. It's not there. And so you begin to ask the questions, you know what, uh, are the promises of the Scripture really true? And it was one of those moments in my faith journey that, that I ran to God, and, and God was very clearly saying to me, look, do you believe what you teach or not? Am I trustworthy or not? Let's go back through our journey together. Let's think about all those times when you were worried about when the food was going to come from. Let's go about the, those times in your life when, when you just didn't know what was going to happen, but I came. Let's talk about how faithful I've been. The question is, do you trust me or not? And that was the thing that was going through my brain and my relationship with God. Do I really believe this stuff? And it turns out he restored everything, and, and then... 2018, 10 years later, the whole thing starts over again, right? Uh, not quite as bad yet, we'll see, um, but, but you just keep, and, and so, but you come into this time, you know, you know what, I'm going to do what I can do, and then I trust, and I think that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying to the people, you know, when you follow me, when you are connected to me, when you are living life following and, and making me the priority, you learn to trust. And there are going to be times in your journey that the only thing that you have is me. And that's all you need. One of my favorite books is a book by Brennan Manning called Ruthless Trust. And it's a, it's a book about this very subject. 
How do you trust God when life stinks? How do you trust God when everything falls apart? But the front cover has an artist's rendering of an oak tree. And the oak tree is bent over, and you can see the wind blowing the oak tree over. And the idea is, is that you, you, in, in the book is you, you build your roots firmly in Christ, and no matter how strong the winds are, he's there for you. And you'll be strong. Not because you're strong, but because he's strong. Because you trust him. You see, when we chase after the temporary things, when we chase after the things that don't last, what happens is that joy and peace are nowhere to be found. Because they may provide happiness, the don't worry, be happy, it may provide that for a little while, but eventually it's going to let you down. And Jesus is saying, don't trust the temporary. Again, I, I don't think Jesus is saying when you have a bad, bad diagnosis in your body that you just need to be, well, oh well. No, you fight. But then you trust. You just trust. He's got it all figured out. And that's so hard because I've had to learn that he doesn't really care if I understand he just wants me to trust. And if you don't hear me say anything else today, please hear me say that. He's not worried about you understanding. He's worried about you trusting. And sometimes we worry so much because we don't understand. But that's not his goal. He's teaching us to trust. All right, so that's the first side of it. He says, don't, don't focus on the temporary. It's going to let you down. It's going to eventually make life miserable. And, and so you, you worry about these little things like food and clothing. But God knew you needed them before you needed them. So trust him. Now, he didn't say he knows what you want. He'll give you what you want. He says he knows what you need. Trust him. All right, so he goes on, and he gives us a solution, which is the beautiful part of this. So verse 33, one of the classics, I encourage you to memorize it, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Right? So instead of focusing on the temporary, we need to focus on the eternal. And do you realize that the one organization that lasts forever is the kingdom of Jesus? The one organization that lasts forever is the kingdom of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, focus on my kingdom. Focus on the one institution that will always be there. That no matter what happens in the world, no matter what kings fall or, or princes fail or, or, or countries fail, the one thing that will always be is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And focus on that kingdom and focus on his righteousness. And the word righteousness needs to conform to the character of Christ. So you focus on his kingdom, and then you focus on being what he would be if he were you. What a novel thought. And when you focus on those two things, it's amazing what happens. And again, I wish I could stand here and say that every single hour of every single day, that's what I do, and it wouldn't be true. But I do know in those parts of my journey, when I focus on the kingdom and I focus on his righteousness... Peace and joy just show up in droves, and it's awesome, and bad things happen, and it's like, it's going to be okay. 
when I'm not focused on his kingdom and his righteousness, bad things happen. The world's about to blow up, at least in my little brain. Jesus says, when you focus on me, you're going to find the very thing you're looking for. And then he says, focus on my kingdom, focus on my righteousness today. Today. So one of the things that I do, uh, and so for those who may not know, I, I teach adjunctly at the college. When, when I get to campus, I stop in the parking lot, and most every day that I'm there, uh, um, some days I may not, but most days that I'm there, in the car I say a little prayer. And I say, King Jesus, I'm here to represent you. I'm going to have conversations that I don't know anything about yet. I'm going to interact with people that I haven't met or I you know, don't know very well. And when I teach, I'm going to be representing you. Be glorified today in this. And it's phenomenal. When I do that and, and I go through that journey and the conversations that I get to have and, and I see King Jesus working all around me. And, and I've told the Wednesday night crowd this story, but, but you know, I really ought to be that way when I go to the grocery store and to the restaurant or walking into this building or walking into my house. And wherever I go to realize that that very day, that very minute, I am representing the king and his kingdom. And I think too many times we forget this reality that we're representing the king. Wherever we go in this world, whatever we do today, whatever we do tomorrow, we are representing King Jesus and we are here to focus on his kingdom and what he's doing. And when he's working to jump in, that's his invitation. And so what Jesus says is, Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these other things will be taken care of. What he says is, is the temporary will be taken care of if you just seek me. Just seek me. Chase after me, and I'll take care of the other stuff. Oh, there are going to be times it's a struggle. There's going to be times you want to worry. There's going to be times you want to focus on what's not right. But seek me. I'll take care of it. We could take turns around the room and stand up and we could talk about the times that God came through and times that didn't make any sense, the times that the, the, the amount in the checkbook didn't match the bills and it all worked out. We don't know how, but God is awesome. Seek him and he'll take care of the rest. It's such a powerful reality. And then you begin to imagine what life would be like if I really did that every single day. How powerful it would be. And the impact God would have through our lives if we were really focused on him, his righteousness, his kingdom, the one organization that's going to last forever. So I suspect that this worry thing is something that we all deal with on a regular basis. Some of us to higher degrees than others, and so I'm not... Judging that, I know that it's real for most people. The question is, is how can I learn to follow Christ in such a way and that he really is the center of everything? So we've been talking about the VIM 
Uh, the vision is this idea that every day is I pursue him and pursue his kingdom and who he wants me to be, and that is the priority of, of every minute. That's the vision. The eye is the intention that that's really who I want to be. You know, some people who are professional warriors, they don't really want to be there, um, but that's the picture of what I can become. But the means, and, and this is so important today, the means is this. The way that I get there is two things. In the morning I pray that today would be a kingdom day, that you help me to see the world the way you see it and help me to function in the world as a representative of your kingdom. And if you just pray that prayer, it's amazing how God will open your eyes to see things in a totally different perspective. Suddenly, judgmentalism goes away. Suddenly, the condemning remarks that we might say, they disappear. Because we begin to see people and situations in life the way God sees them. But the second thing something I'll call kingdom reflection. That at the end of the day, when you put your head on your pillow, instead of worrying, what happened in the kingdom today in my life? How is God working around me? And this kingdom reflection, what conversations that I had that had a, a kingdom impact? Maybe they didn't, I didn't, they did and I didn't know it, but what conversations, what ministry did I do? What, what took place? As I look back and reflect on this day, how was Jesus working in and through me? What did I see differently? How has the kingdom impacted the day around me? I tell you, it makes a big difference. And it's a lot more fun to sit there with your head, to lay there with your head on the pillow and think, wow, look what Jesus did today, and to think, what the heck am I going to do about that tomorrow? Because it is the permanent that matters. So I challenge you as I challenge me, as Jesus challenged us, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. And what happens when we seek him is the things that really matter, the permanent things they become the priority. Let's pray. 